0: We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's what they say in that situation of facing these threats and not quite knowing what's going to happen. We do not know what to do, Lord, but our eyes are on you. What might that look like? Do you ever get an email... Uh, or a, a letter from somebody, and it ends, with the, in the, the actual letter or email, they're, they're asking you to do something, and then there's a phrase at the end of it. Apparently, this is a phrase that really, really gets on people's nerves. <laughs> okay? The phrase is this, after they've asked you to do something, they then fit, sign off by saying, thank you in advance. Apparently, that's a phrase that we really don't like very much, and the reason why we don't like it very much is because it's it's loaded. It sounds it can sound presumptuous, and um, it puts the recipient under some pressure. It's kind of hard to say no to what's being asked. Uh, it demands something of a yes. And um, I was reading about this, apparently there are some, some suggestions uh, made as to alternatives that can be used in that situation. An alternative could be, um, do you think you'll have time to do this for me? Or, uh, I appreciate your help in this situation. But that phrase, thank you in advance, can be a phrase that can really, really get people's backs up. My apologies if I've ever signed off an email like that. <laughs> The question is in this situation we've got the people of God who are surrounded by enemies and they're about to be obliterated and their response is to start giving thanks to God to march into that situation where humanly speaking it looks like they're about to all be killed (laughs) and they give thanks to God for the victory that they believe he is going to give them They give thanks to God in advance in anticipation that they are going to be saved from death. Is there a sense in which it seems to have all the signs of a thank you in advance? (laughs) What I want to suggest... Is that there's something really important about faith and thanksgiving that actually does involve that sort of prayer, that sort of dynamic, but not in a presumptuous kind of way. But rather, there's something about that that has something really important when it comes to Christian hope and Christian expectation. So let's just unpack this over these next few minutes. So what might that mean? To dare to give thanks to God before we are actually aware of how he's going to resolve a given situation. I think the first thing that we, need, we can pull from this, this story is something that is repeated as the story unfolds. That we must know that the Lord will fight this battle. That's what they're told. They're told the Lord will fight this battle. They they don't quite know how it's going to happen. As it unfolds, it turns out that the enemies just turn against each other and wipe each other out. But they don't know that at this point. They're simply told to have faith that the situation that they are facing right now does not belong to them. The pressure is not something that they need to feel themselves (laughs) because it is God's battle. Now, we've got to perhaps be really careful where we, where, how we handle that kind of idea when it comes to faith, facing our daily battles, whatever they may be. That this is not yours to fight, God's going to fight it for you. It's important that we understand that what we're not talking about here is some kind of passive spirituality, where we just remove ourselves from anything and we just hand it over to God and say, well, it's got nothing to do with me, God's just going to sort it out. Back in the 1970s, there was a Brazilian goalkeeper who was a Christian, and he used to be quite visible in the way he would pray before matches. He didn't uh, pray before he came out onto the field. He would actually get out onto the field, get into the goal, uh, uh, get um, between the the goalposts, and get down on his knees, close his eyes, look upwards, and pray for everyone in the stadium to see. One particular occasion, because everybody knew he did this. And um, one particular occasion, I can't remember what team it was that they were playing, but they were um, they wised up to it and they thought, here's an opportunity. So the match started and this guy was still down on his knees with his eyes closed, praying. And somebody from the halfway line decided to chance a shot. <laughs> the ball went straight into the net. <laughs> That's not the kind of image that we're talking about when it comes to handing everything over to God. It's not about closing our eyes and removing ourselves from the situation. When it, comes to, 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 to engage, when it comes to handing something over to God, that's actually a very active thing. It takes a huge amount of courage to let go of control. It's not about giving up, but it is about giving over to God. And we read in verse 17 of that passage, um, God says to the people, look, take your position and stand still. Tomorrow go out against them. In other words, they're being called to, to go into this situation to take their position, but that position is one of handing over to God. That might seem quite a challenging thing to do, because it is. It takes a huge amount of courage to let go of control and not to give up, but to give it over to God. I'm going to share with you a story, which is, um, I'll be honest with you, it's quite a weird one. (laughs) And I was in two minds as to whether to use it this morning because it can seem so removed from perhaps everyday experience, including my own, that I was thinking, does it connect? But I I I think it's quite an important story. So I'm going to share it with you. It happened about um, 30 years ago uh, when I was a student and I was involved with the Christian Union um, this is when, when I was at university and we had a, a, mission, uh, a mission week to the student community and um, we, uh, as part of uh, that mission week we had a number of different speakers coming to uh, talk about a number of different subjects. We have one particular um, person that drew quite a lot of attention uh, because of her story, because she was previously uh, a witch, and uh, she was quite a prominent witch, and she had an experience of Christ, she became a Christian, and her ministry was one of going around to various different places, sharing her story of how she had turned from witchcraft to Christ, and this particular occasion she was coming to speak um, with our Christian union to the student community. Now this was the days long before social media but still word got out and um, a lot of people, a lot of students came, piled into the, uh, the, the, the common room that, um, for this event. But also quite a few people from the local witch's coven turned up. And um, There were quite a few of them dotted around the room, and as this woman began to speak and to give share her story, um, they began to get quite vocal. Now, I need to say there weren't any pointed hats in the room, but there were quite a few very, very vocal hecklers, and this kind of began to get sort of out of control. There was quite a lot of noise, quite a lot of people shouting out, and eventually um, she said, "Okay, I'm going to." We're just going to pause now and then we're going to come back in a moment, hopefully in a more orderly fashion, and people can ask me any questions. Now, I'd been involved in organising this event, and um, just as the moment she said that and she kind of paused everything for a moment, she then turned to me and she said, You'll be okay to come and uh, just chair this discussion, won't you? (laughs) Now, I was pretty new to public speaking in those days and I was absolutely terrified. I had not a clue what I was going to say or what I was going to do, and immediately I felt plunged a million miles out of my depth. I decided to just grab a few moments uh, outside, just to, somewhere quiet. And I, I, I went just outside. And The moment I did, there were two people who I'd never seen before or since who just came up to me, and they said, that we won't worry about introductions, we're just from one of the local churches, and uh, we know what's going on here, we know that you've just got to go out and... and, and um, Try to sort of deal with this situation. Um, don't worry about saying anything. We're just going to pray for you, and they did. Now I can't remember what they prayed, and I can't actually remember what subsequently uh, uh, I said when when I went out for the the second half. What I can remember is that in that moment. This mysterious sense of peace that is beyond all understanding came beyond me. It came upon me. And whilst I can't remember what those words were, I do remember that I was given the words to say. And the witches shut up. <laughs> I told you it was a weird story. But I share it with you because I think it's important to understand that whilst that situation probably doesn't happen most days of our lives, plenty of other situations do, where we face uncertainty and stress and anxiety. We think, what on earth is going to happen? I feel totally out of my depth in this situation. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. And we need to be reminded in those situations and hold close to this promise that those battles that we face when we trust in Jesus are not ours, they're his. Now that doesn't mean to say that we step back in some passive recipient way and do nothing. The very opposite, but it does mean a letting go of control in a way that perhaps is much easier to say than it is to do, but nevertheless is something that we need to do. That's the first thing. The second thing that I think we can learn from this story is to take note of the way that in this situation where these people were suddenly surrounded by armies threatening to wipe them out, they sought out the Lord immediately. It was the first thing they did. Now that's important because it generally tends to be the last thing that we do. Prayer we tend to think of as the last resort rather than the first one. A few years ago, um, before we had children, uh, Tamara and I were going on holiday uh, to a place that we needed to go and have some, we needed to have some vaccinations before we went. And um, Tamara used to kind of, by the way, before I go on, before I continue, let me just reassure you, in case you're feeling uncomfortable about this, I have her full permission to share this story. (laughs) We had the conversation a few weeks ago, remember? Yeah, she's shaking her head. All right. (laughs) Tamara used to have a problem with, with, with injections and with needles for, for, for many years, but then three children later and lots of vaccinations and, uh, and blood tests and things, uh, no more. But, but, but this, these days, back in those days, uh, this was, was a thing, and we sort of, uh, Tamara would faint when uh, at the side of a needle or when, when an injection was about to, to happen. And so we went to the, 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 the GP to, to have our, our vaccinations, and um, we explained, um, I explained the situation, this is why I'm here, in case she happens to faint and uh, he kind of, sort of looked a little bit blank but said no so seriously she needs to lie down while this happens and, um, and, and I'll just be here in the room. So he said fair enough so he went on and gave the injections and sure enough Tamara fainted for a very long time. In fact it was a really long time and the doctor was there talking to her and it felt like a really 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 long time uh, and, uh, and he was sort of waiting for her to come round and then sort of turned round to me and I, I said, "What well, can I do anything? And he said, with a really serious look on his face, pray. <laughs> now, when your doctor tells you <laughs> that you need to start praying, <laughs> you really, really worry. Now, absolutely, everything was fine. Uh, but the point is, is that Most of the time, prayer is regarded as something that you actually only turn to when you've absolutely exhausted all the other options. It's the last resort. This passage tells us that, in fact, if we're to take ownership of faith and to let go and to let God, prayer's the first place we need to go to. It is also the last and everything else in between but it's our first resort and not our last resort. And the last thing that we can pick up from this story is that we need to note what happens when they go out and they face these vast, vast armies that are threatening to kill. Because we read how they position their own armies... You would think that they would put their strongest and their biggest and their best soldiers on the front line. But they don't. In fact, they don't put any soldiers on the front line at all. What they choose to do is set their worship leaders on the front line. How about that? The singers go in front singing, give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. What we've got there is a picture of what it is to go into our daily battles. When we put worship first, when we put prayer first, we don't understand what's going to happen to us, but we can be reassured that we go there with God first. And that's his promise. That though we do know know what is going to happen, he's there and he will fight those battles. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Let's fix our eyes onto Jesus. Let's do that in prayer now. If we can ask the music team perhaps to... uh, going to lead us in a moment. Let's take a few moments as we come before God in prayer and as we perhaps think of whatever battles we may be facing, whatever that might look like, whatever it is, whatever it means, whatever situations that we're facing over the coming days or weeks or months or maybe they're longer term things. we Hold these before God in prayer now. We ask that he would give us that deeper reassurance that those battles are not ours to face. They are in his hands. Lord God, we thank you that you are always so much bigger and greater than any battle that we may face. Forgive us for those times when prayer and worship becomes the point of last resort rather than the first place that we go. Lord, as we face whatever pressures or fears that we have in our daily lives, we ask that you would station your heavenly armies around us. Keep our eyes focused on you. Help us to trust you and to know that the battle belongs to you. And to dare to give thanks in advance. So, Lord, we thank you that you are sovereign. We thank you that you know our future, even when we don't. Help us to trust. Help us to focus our hearts, not on the battles, but upon you.